Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. It's one of those weird weeks where it feels like the Penguins haven't played in five years, but maybe that's a good thing because we got news in this past week that Tristan Jari is going to be out week to week with a foot injury, broken bone. And that isn't that doesn't bode well for the team. Um, I, I'm not really sure what that means for their playoff hopes and uh, what what that looks like in terms of chasing the Stanley Cup. But the the few outings that Casey DeSmith has had, how, I mean, how many games have there been since Tristan Jari got hurt? It feels like we're in this weird vortex of time. What when was the last time Tristan Jari played? Was that a week ago? What what when did that happen? He got hurt against the Islanders, right? Who was, was it? Yeah. Anders Lee. Mm-hmm. I, so it, you think it's Anders Lee when he crashed into him? Was that Anders Lee? Um, Probably. So yeah. The night they they clinched a playoff spot. Um, mm-hmm. Jari didn't talk or anything after that game, but I think it was Casey who said that you know when they did get back to the locker room after that game, you could tell he wasn't doing well. I feel like mm-hmm. broken bones and feet. That's one of those things that you know a guy will sometimes finish to the game and then it's when they get back to the locker room after the game take their skates off that you know the foot starts swelling up and you realize that all is not okay so it seems like that's what happened here um (sighs) sadness so much sadness because that isn't good they called louis domingue back up obviously so they have two two options in net but yeah what the, the way that the pens looked in front of Casey DeSmith and then Casey DeSmith's performance as well against Boston, like he, he kind of regained his bearings a little bit later into the game, but it was just too little too late at that point. So if week to week, lower body injury, all of the terminology that hockey coaches use to describe injuries is so vague and, we have no idea what that really means. Uh, Casey DeSmith or uh, Tristan Jari could be out for the rest of the year. We don't know because weeks could turn into months. If if that is worst case scenario, what comes to be reality without Tristan Jari, what are the Penguins' chances for making a deep? playoff run Jenna what do you think oh my gosh yeah it's a great question and it's so wild to think again like as we're going into the playoffs all we're talking about is goaltending because it feels like Mm -hmm. a little bit of deja vu where it's like oh god it's last year all over again um and things hinge on Casey DeSmith and his health um you know with broken feet I think quote unquote the timeline usually is around four to six weeks, but again, it's one of those you don't know. You know, I, I've talked with a bunch of people in the hockey community, you know, former players, all that, and you know, you sometimes are able to play through it, and sometimes you can't. I don't think we're going to see mm-hmm. that from Tristan Jari. Realistically, I think that you are going to have to go with Casey DeSmith to start the yeah. season series, whoever you're playing against, whether it's the Rangers, whether it's Carolina, or whether it's Florida, because those are all very realistic possibilities for this team. And it's going to be intriguing, I think, to me, too, that how they kind of handled these last couple games, the workload, who, you know, in terms of how many games do you play DeSmith versus how many games does Domingue get in? Because realistically, mm-hmm. for me, I feel like 
you got to get Dominion at least two of the last five, right? Or am I crazy by saying Yeah, that? I mean, th- there no. is a, a back-to-back Detroit and then Philly. So you'll figure they'll split them. But then, yeah, one of the other three, you, you'd like to see Dominion just get in to see what you have in him because he has only played mm-hmm. the one game up here. And he was, yeah. you know, incredible in that game. What was that, San Jose? was on that, yeah, yeah. the Western trip. Um, and then, I mean, he's been solid literally like all year in Wilkes-Barre. He really has only had maybe like one or two kind of rough games. Um, so I, I don't know, but it, Sullivan was asked, um, uh, after practice on Wednesday, you know, just kind of about like, what are you looking to see from Casey if he is the guy to start game one? And Sullivan did say, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We have five games left in the regular season. Tristan's going through a rehab process right now. His status is week to week, uh, but they're not sure what the picture will look like. And they're trying to take each day as it comes make decisions accordingly, all that. So it sounds like they're not ruling out like Tristan coming back, um, you know, even in time for game one. So if that, I don't know. That sounds like maybe we see him come back during the playoffs, but again, it might, it might not be for game one, but I don't know. I feel like all in January we were talking about, you know, like if Tristan goes down, that's the season because Casey mm-hmm. was, you know, really struggling. And when Casey started to kind of find his game again, we're like, well, maybe, it, you know, they're not so bad off with the backup goaltending. But then I, I don't know, now that it is a reality and they're going to be without Tristan for some time here, I don't I don't have a ton of confidence in Casey DeSmith if he is going to be the guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, he did just play that game in Boston. He did have two – the two first goals were rough. Like his rebound control, he, he just didn't look great. And he did, you know, recover and he was fine the rest of the – you know, the game, but, you know, that really doesn't offset the two really bad goals to, you know, to start the game that, you know, they weren't able to come back from. No. Yeah, it was, it was not ideal at all. And so it, and even, even the way that the team kind of performed in front of him at, at first was just looking very, they, they, it didn't look like they, felt confident in what was going on. So that also kind of begs the question, if if a goalie is in net and the team has a bunch of question marks around the goalie, like, are they going to be able to do this? Are we confident in their ability? Does that affect the way that they play in front of that goaltender? Taylor, what what kind of what kind of ripple effect does that have on the team as a whole when the goaltender has kind of struggled on and off all season? I don't, I don't know so much of it's a confidence thing, but goalies do just have different kind of styles and that does affect how they play. Like if a goaltender is, you know, stronger playing the puck or tends to play the puck more often, that is going to affect, you know, what the defense does. And, you know, Jari does tend to play the puck more than dismiss. So I don't know if um, that's something, you know, that, that plays a role here. And some goalies are, you know, more vocal um, when, you know, they're in their end. So that's something it, – it's it's not a – I don't know how much of it you can attribute it to, you know, we don't have confidence in this guy, so we need to play, you know, a tighter defensive game. It's not like they're ever going to tell us that. Like, we don't think Casey yeah. this was very good. So, <laughs> like, they're not going to say that. They're Everyone says they have full confidence in him. So – it's hard to tell, but I, I would say style and, you know, just, you know, if a goalie is, you know, talkative, that kind of stuff, you know, does definitely affect uh, what the team in front of him does. Yeah. Yeah. And Which he, makes sense for sure. 
And, and you hear it from the guys too, like Taylor mentioned, you know, you're mm-hmm. hearing from them. They're confident in him. I mean, I feel like every single guy, the you know, the last couple of days that we've talked to since Jari went down with his injury has said some semblance of the same thing where basically it's like, oh no, we have full confidence in him. We need to play our best game in front of him. And so I think if anything, it creates mm-hmm. that type of ripple effect where it's like, okay, we know he's not the main guy and everybody thought it was going to be Jari, but He's a capable goalie. We believe in him. We're going to show with our play as well. We're not going to put him in situations where he has to make an incredible save in, you know, the first opening minutes of the game against Boston. And so they don't find mm-hmm. themselves down to nothing. Cause the reality of that is too, is if that were to happen in a playoff game against any of those three teams that we talked about, you're pretty much toast at that point. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. And so for, for a little bit, let's just talk about the playoff picture. For a little bit, it was looking like Pens and Rangers was just inevitable. Like it was going to be those two teams collision course in the first round. But after Washington won in Colorado, it's looking like, oh, this is a toss up. We have no idea what that first round is going to look like. So where do things stand at the moment? If the playoffs were to start right now, who would the Pens go up against? What's going um, on? Let me see. Oh, I got to pause. I, I, yeah. I, I got the same. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so if, if, if the playoffs started at this exact moment today, they're playing the Rangers because they're in that two spot. The or the Rangers in the two spot, the Penguins are in the three spot. However, okay. we're recording this on Wednesday. The Capitals play Wednesday. So depending on what happens there, if the Capitals win if they, I don't know how it would be if they get a point because I don't know where the tiebreaker falls in. Basically, mm-hmm. the Capitals have 96 points. So in theory, if they even get a point on Wednesday, there's going to be some shaking up. And all of a sudden, the Penguins can drop into one of those wildcard spots. Now, right now, they would be behind Boston. Boston's at 99. So that makes Thursday's game against the Bruins basically it's going to shape a lot of how the playoffs work. Because again, if you beat Boston, you you'll in theory have more points, obviously, but basically you're getting those points and you're also denying them those points. So Mm. Thursday in itself is a must win, but yeah, I think the three teams that they could play, it's either going to be potentially the Rangers Carolina, because those two teams are tied with 106 points at one and two. And then Mm. if you drop to that wild card spot, you could end up playing Florida. Okay. Yeah. So those Crazy. are crazy. Cool. Everything's on the table. <laughs> who who yeah. do you want in that scenario? Like what the, the lesser mm. of all evils? I don't even know. None. None of them. <laughs> the the goalie oh, situation God. it also blows for like the the minor league teams because they're they're both Wheeling's in the playoffs. Wilkesbury is about to clinch, and every, everyone lost their number one as a result. I mean, because Louis is Wilkesbury's number one. Um, He's up. Tommy Napier takes over as the starter. He he just had a shutout in his first game, um, you know, his last game since then. So, I don't know. And then, you know, Wilkes-Barre calls up Dorio from Wheeling as a result. Wilkes-Barre's in the playoffs for the first time in three years. Wheeling is in the playoffs for the first time in, in six years. So, this is a big year for the organization. So, just the trickle-down effect of, you know, Jari having a broken bone in his foot Jeez. really, you know, sucks for, for the rest of the two teams. But... They did just bring over uh, Blomquist, their you know top goalie prospect, mm. probably their top prospect overall from Finland, because his season ended. He finished 
They got knocked out in the first round over there. He had a 950 save percentage and a 1.1 goals against average in all seven games. Um, wow. Yeah, and they lost with that. So that gives you an indication of how much help he was getting in front of him. But he's he did come over. So that, that should provide some support for, for Wilkes-Barre for now. But um, just the crazy stuff with goalies and at the worst time of year for this to be happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not ideal. But hopefully... For the whole organization's sake, things work out. We'll we'll see what happens. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we are back. So the Penguins announced on Tuesday that they were partnering with Highmark as their first ever jersey patch partner um which was news to me that that was a thing uh to have a jersey patch partner so that is its own whatever but they posted videos pictures of what this is going to look like and it's just a nice little hearty uh high mark blue cross blue shield with the the word underneath it on the right side of the jersey um what <laughs> first of all ugly uh, in my opinion it doesn't even look like it's in the right spot in the picture that they posted it looks like it's just way too low i, I have many other thoughts but i'm just going to i'm just going to open the floor cuz what yeah i mean they it, it stands out cuz it's blue um yes and i mean you know they have the helmet stickers now their helmet sticker sponsor is bold penguin honestly i'm not sure what they do but it is black and yellow and it's penguin so it it, you really don't notice it because it it fits in um what what was their sticker last year on the helmet was it high mark ppg was it ppg it was okay that's it now i remember it was ppg but it was it was blue on the black and people complained so then they they did change it to a different color um now they had they do wear what ppg on the road helmets and it is blue but yeah Mm -hmm. on the black they did end up changing the color so you know they can do stuff like that to not make it stand out but this one yeah it's it's the blue high mark i don't think you can change the color given that it is blue cross blue shield yeah that seems pretty make it white uh but they could you're right i like that yeah but i it 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 does kind of um stand out now this this isn't a new concept in the nhl they're the third team Mm -hmm. to to announce one um and the high mark is only the home jersey sponsor um they're going to have a road one they haven't announced it yet um so there are going to be different sponsors but yeah we we don't know who the road one is going to be but i don't know i I, you know fans aren't gonna like it but honestly i don't i don't care (laughs) i i tweeted because i'm like this reminds me exactly again all the quote-unquote hoopla that happened when they announced the ppg thing on the helmet because realistically I feel like I didn't notice it after like a month. I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, it, it goes away. It's it's there. Sure. Yeah. And I understand. I do get fans, you know, wanting things to be classic and wanting the Jersey to have that fresh, clean look. And when you see something new, like a patch that doesn't entirely feel like it's in the right spot, you're like, okay, this is a little, eh. but I think this will just be one of the things too, that just eventually will fade 
Also, I feel like we have to remember this was a league that for like a year and a half didn't have full capacity in stadiums and in arenas. And that's what they rely on for their revenue. Yeah. They didn't have to cut costs. They didn't, they found other ways to make things work, but you lost a lot of money. And if this mm-hmm. is a way that you're going to be able to make some of that money back and Hey, potentially if this goes really well and all the teams do it and you have these little logos that again, you're probably not going to notice after a couple months, there could be something too. That's like, maybe this will help increase the salary cap. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just so, I mean, I understand the whole, I want my jerseys to be classic. I feel like they're still probably going to sell normal jerseys without the patches. Yeah. That's, so, that's one yeah, of those things I, I see people keep bringing up that I don't want to walk around wearing this, but like ads on jerseys is not a new concept in hockey, like at all. Um, the the PHF and NWHL, you know, they have like Duncan on theirs, you know, but the ones you buy do not have the Duncan logo. Um, minor league teams, AHL, ECHL, they do have, you know, small ads. The ones you buy do not have them. Even the ones in Europe that look like NASCAR jerseys, the ones the fans buy do not have the ads. Like they're not going to sell you a Highmark um, unless you buy a game worn, which in that case, the Highmark patch marks it clearly as a game worn for everyone to see. Kind of cool. Um in that way but uh and then you know people are like oh this is you know one patch now but it's a slippery slope to you know looking like the european jerseys but people say that and like my rebuttal i don't know i was going back and forth and people on twitter was that um like the ahl is a league that does not so like the nhl very gate driven but they do have you know tv contracts national tv contracts not like the NBA, NFL, but you know they still get a big portion of their money from that. The AHL does not really have the TV contracts like at all. Um, they rely a whole lot more on these kind of like ec- other revenue sources. They still have not gone beyond like one patch in in forever. And again, there's stuff you don't even notice. Like I had to think the other day of like, well, hold on, what is Wilkesbury's patch? Because I I, I couldn't remember what. And they have it, too, on the chest. Other teams, they do put it on the shoulder where maybe, I guess, if you put it on the shoulder, it's a little bit less um, obtrusive. Um, that's what a couple teams do, like the Hershey Bears. They have, like, their high mark one, something like that. But I don't know. I guess there's ways to make it less obtrusive. But then again, you're, you're not going to notice it in a couple games. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll blend in eventually. But it is jarring to see it when you're not used to it. Um, all of a sudden it's there and they'll, they'll figure it out because they did even modify that PPG logo on the, on the helmet. So they'll figure it out and it will what, potentially increase. Money. What do we want to see is, uh, the road, uh, the road Jersey company that sponsored. You figure it's going to be something local. Mm. Everybody um, in my Twitter mentions mm-hmm. was rooting for Permanis, which <laughs> honestly, oh. that would kind of be great. I've kind of yeah. said that. I, mean, I, I saw a lot of photoshops. My favorite one was from like Ben Stonium and he put like Southside Burgers. Do you guys know the <laughs> Southside Burgers story? It no. was, yeah. Oh, yeah, so it was like, so there was a Burger King on the South Side, and but they, they lost like their franchise license. So they weren't getting, you know, the stuff from Burger King, like the materials and all, but they were still operating as if they were a Burger King. I don't know how this slipped by like Burger King corporate, but they're still open. But then so people are going through the drive through 
and they're getting just like 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 people are seeing you know Burger King employees like at like uh, Giant Eagle like buying burgers and stuff like that to you know make in the store and they're selling them and passing them off in like uh, you know like just brown paper bags and like unmarked cups and stuff like that and it went on for a while before I you know they got reported to Burger King and Burger King was like hold up that's not supposed to be a Burger King um, oh classic but so there's a fake Burger King on the south side so people call it like South Side Burgers but like it like the the Burger King logo so I, I saw that as a, as a sponsor you know patch South Side Burgers I think it is a Burger King now like they got like their franchise oh good good for them I think, yeah. that, I think it actually is a Burger King but I don't know something like that yeah, yeah Heinz would be cool yeah I think everybody too well one intro I just keep going through my Twitter comments on this because I basically tweeted I'm like you're not gonna notice and of course everybody was up in arms they're like yeah we are like this is gonna become the German league it's like the NHL is not gonna do that do people not realize how much people especially lifelong NHLers despise change like I completely understand the frustration with this, this, I, I just don't, this is the National Hockey League. This isn't going to become the, here's, you know, Highmark, UPMC, Southside, Bur- it's not, it's just not, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it, it's not. I, I believe the NHL already said, like, they're not going to make this a thing and, like, progress beyond this one, you know, yeah. patch. Um, this one patch, it's like a three-year deal the Penguins announced. Um, and again, they aren't the only team to do it. I feel like you might see more blowback if it's like a team like the Canadians who, you know, have had the same Jersey for the longest time and like do not change. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. If it gets some, the Penguins are going to be up against the cap. If this increases hockey related revenue enough to, you know, move the, cause they can, they can't, they're not going to bump the cap up until they recoup the losses from COVID. If this helps them get there any faster, I, that's a good thing. Like, would you rather have Brian Ross or would you rather have, you know, no, no patches? Somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> no, yep. no patches on your jersey. I don't no know. Pat- yeah. Basically, you get to pick one. Brian Ross with his patches. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the options, but people will get over it. They'll, they'll survive and they will completely blend in after a certain point. Why don't we take one more break and we'll be right back. we're back we have some exciting developments on the the women's hockey front first of all the penguins announced today that they named amanda kessel as the first participant in the new penguins executive management program i don't really know what that means so maybe you can enlighten me and everybody else what what exactly does that mean and what does that entail and why is that so exciting yeah, so it's uh, it's a new program um, that the Penguins are starting, kind of spearheaded by David Morehouse, the president and CEO. Um, it's going to provide an opportunity for athletes um, like Amanda Kessel. They are focusing um, specifically on on female and minority athletes. I don't know if they're going to be the only ones ever benefiting from this, but that, that's the that's the idea. Um, a one year opportunity to work with uh, the Penguins executives and different departments like marketing the front like hockey operations stuff like that and really get experience get their foot in the door um to hopefully one day become full-time uh employees whether it be with the penguins or another uh league and just kind of grow 
the game and, and get more diverse faces in the game because you look at like hockey operations staff, we are starting to see more and more. Um, but uh, women and, and, and uh, non-white uh, people in the game. But right now it's still very much dominated by the same people, people what people call it, like a like recycling program whenever a GM gets canned. Like they just kind of reuse the same one. So this is something aimed at getting more people in the door. And Amanda, she did say Wednesday that, you know, coming out of college, she she was thinking about her career after, you know, hockey, but she really didn't see opportunities for her because – we're talking like almost, you know, 10 years ago when there were so few women um, in these, I mean, no women in these kinds of roles, like assistant GMs and stuff like that. So um, this is that, you know, get them the experience. And I don't know, if for girls and younger women, they can now see people look like them in those kinds of positions and grow the game even more from there. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's super exciting. And the, the fact that the Penguins are doing something like that and inviting people into it to to grow the sport and open it up, open doors up to people who might be kind of on the fringes of it so that it isn't just recycled people all the time. That's, that is incredibly exciting. And she spoke today, correct? Yeah. yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Wednesday, just, yes. Hearing from her too, because again, kind of with what Taylor said, you know, she said when she was younger, she didn't entirely think that this could be an opportunity for her because there weren't women in those positions. So she said, you know, I'm one of the first ones. And at the end of the day, you know, I'd love to potentially be an assistant GM, a GM, some sort of, you know, very front office high up in a hockey organization, but she's paving the way for, the younger generation. So, you know, you have younger girls who see, oh my gosh, Amanda Kessel's there. She's doing this. I can do this. I can dream that way. And that's what this is really all about. I think that's just such a great yeah. opportunity too. I mean, you look at how I look at the Steelers, I look at the Penguins, just how they're at the forefront of these types of things where they want to bring in diverse candidates. They want to make, you know, this sport accessible for people it hasn't been accessible to in the past and give them the mm-hmm. opportunity, especially for her too. I think it's going to be intriguing about this program is she gets to kind of try a bunch of different things, which I feel like was like lessons that we all learned, you know, try when you're taking internships, try every avenue of what you want to do because, you know, Hey, I might like really like this or, Oh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Oh, but I really didn't like this part of it, but I liked this part. And I think for her, mm-hmm this is just such a cool opportunity to kind of start, you know, paving the way, not only for her future, but for the next generation of women in hockey, um, minorities in hockey, things on those lines, people that want to get involved in this more. Yeah. The, the line she says, if you can see it, you can be it, which means, you know, if the little girls see um, girls like her, she, she did say, um, she, you know, Kami Granado and Emily Gaston, gay are assistant GMs with the Canucks now. Um, so she, you know, she said women, women like them too, that, you know, girls can look up to them and, and try to do it. But yeah, they, they can rotate through like different departments. So like you said, marketing, um, hockey ops, all the kind of business sides of things, which yeah, again, she said she wants to be, you know, a GM one day, but you know, something like this, they might get into a different avenue. I don't know. I started, um, I was like a video intern, like video editing and stuff like that with the caps. Before that, I did, like, game entertainment with a Orioles minor league affiliate, which is, like, organizing all the on-field stuff, like, between innings and, like, how the Pirates have the pierogi races, that kind of thing. And, like, I'm not doing that now like, at all. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like, editing video, filming video. But, 
Um, so yeah, you might get in, um, find something else you really like doing. Um, but yeah, the, it's a cool program the Penguins have. Yeah, that's very exciting. Another exciting thing, the PWHPA is forming a new women's league and it seems kind of inevitable that they will come to Pittsburgh probably. So if that's the case, who, who would we love to see? join that Pittsburgh team because there are, I'm sure there are quite a few names. I mean, we were just talking like off air. So it's, it's going to be a six team league, you know, teams in the U S and, and Canada. It's, it does seem inevitable that it's going to come to Pittsburgh given what the, um, PHF and WHL, you know, they've had a couple of games here before that, that league is still playing. The PHF used to be the NWHL they renamed. Um, but they've had like exhibition games, the all-star game, here, um, the Canadian women's national teams they had a joint training camp a couple years ago. The PWHPA did just have that game here last month and talked about you know how great this would be as a market. So it feels like it, it's going to happen. It's only a matter of time, which I, I think would be great. Um, we were just talking that Amanda Kessel taking a job in Pittsburgh <laughs> leads me to believe that. Because she, she's not retiring. She's not retiring. She did say that. You know, she, she's thinking about her post-hockey career, but that's not happening yet. So she's going to still be playing while in this role with the Penguins. So it seems to me like Amanda Castle is going to play for your Pittsburgh whatevers, uh, whatever mm-hmm. the team is going to be. And I just think that would be really cool, given that her brother, you know, did play here. But I don't know. There's yeah. My dream would be Marie Philippe Poulin. I feel like they're going to put – I feel like you, they're going to put a team like Montreal. They're going to – put teams in Canadian markets. Toronto already has the, a PHF team. Montreal seems like a logical thing. She's probably going to play for Montreal, not Pittsburgh, but you can hope. Yeah. Marie, if you're <laughs> listening, come to Pittsburgh. We'll welcome you with open arms. You're more than welcome to join on the podcast. We're just mm-hmm. – We have Southside yes. Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> Southside Burgers, if you like <laughs> – like so that? many things to offer. <laughs> a lot yeah. of things going for, for you here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Forget poutine. We got fake Burger Kings in Pittsburgh, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's what more could you ask for? Hillary Knight also really seemed to like Pittsburgh when she was here. She, she tweeted about going to Perpanies. Um, uh, I asked her about it after, and she said she liked it. Uh, she doesn't remember what she got, but she said she really liked uh, you know the food and the city and everything when she got here. But I don't know, so many, uh, and the PWHPA is primarily, you know, like the national team players that are, that are in this um, organization. So, I mean, there are, yeah, big names all over that uh, could be here. Not many, not many Pittsburgh guys. That may, I think maybe some RMU women um, are in the, for that, or RMU alum are in the PWHPA. So that'd be cool to have them come home, especially with RMU getting its hockey program back. Yeah. Um, big things happening for women's hockey in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah it's super exciting. You you just love to see it, and we'll keep you all posted as we find out more and more. Hopefully, as things unfold. But it's it's awesome, and we're really looking forward to that. Thank you all for joining us uh, on another episode. We drop new episodes every Thursday on literally every every platform where you could listen to podcasts we have video available as well on youtube so subscribe wherever it is you listen so that you know you are never missing an episode and we will see you next week Bye.